Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider, where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema, Cinema Super Collider, we're continuing our Halloween train full of movies for you with an actual movie that's a Halloween title. That's right. It's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I'm just going to do this the whole show. No. Well, the thing is, is once you've heard it for even like 10 seconds, that you're going to sing that for the rest of the day. Do it. Three more days till Halloween. Halloween. Do it. I don't want to sing the whole thing. <laughs> You're going to drop that sound cue into this episode like yeah, a million times, so they don't need to hear me singing it. And I was just trying to have a little. I know. Trying to have a little fun with it. Yeah, okay. Okay. Do you yeah, want? Yeah, it's Halloween three, season of the witch. It's true. This is the only Halloween movie that does not feature Michael Myers in it, uh, which is interesting because we did a little background research on. Why that is. You did. I did. Well, I read it out loud, so I count it as we. Okay. Uh, So, the intention of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, because it does not have Michael Myers in it, what they wanted to do is they wanted to create a long-standing film anthology series of stories that took place in and around the holiday of Halloween. Sort of like how American Horror Story works on TV nowadays, where each season is its own standalone and somewhat connected, depending on how you know deeply down the American Horror Story hole you fall. Standalone horror stories. Yeah, I thought it looked like an episode from a TV anthology, like... Uh... From Night Gallery or Twilight Zone or... Which was their intention. Yeah. They wanted it to be like those shows. What's the one that was on HBO with the Crypt Keeper? Oh, Tales from the Crypt. Crypt. Yeah. Like a Tales from the Crypt episode, like a long Tales from the Crypt episode. Right. And to be fair, if they had cut out about half of the filler that's in this movie... (laughs) There's a a fair amount. There's a fair amount. It could have easily just been one of those. Yeah, this movie is kind of hard. It's going to be kind of hard to critique because it's it's sort of a mystery story, uncovering the mystery of what's happening. And because this movie's been around for so long, and we all watched it so many times when we were kids, there is no mystery. So when I watch it now, I kept thinking during the whole time we were watching it, how would I feel seeing this the first time? And it's kind of hard to imagine because it's like, you know, the secret. One of the things about this film as well is if they had not called it Halloween and the expectation had not been that it existed 
in the same Michael Myers universe that the first two films did, it would have been kind of just a dumb 1980s sci-fi horror movie with not not real sharp fangs to it. Yeah, you could have called it a season of the witch, colon, a Halloween story, Halloween trademark story, sort of like Rogue One, a Star Wars adventure. True. The pro- know, it's like it's a one-off. It's part of the universe, but it's not part of the series because this has nothing to do with Halloween, the series. No. Or maybe, was there Halloween the series on a TV series? I don't believe so. There was a Friday the 13th television show, which I... Oh, I I remember that. I enjoyed... Freddy's Nightmares. Quite a bit. Oh, wait, no, that was was, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Nightmares. That was another anthology series. Wasn't... I didn't see that one. Yeah. I remember the Friday the 13th one, though, because I really, like, the setup for it was really kind of clever. Yeah, that was a Canadian show. That for sure was a Canadian show. It was like... A bunch of people that worked at a... Was it a pawn shop? or yeah, It was yeah. a pawn shop, and like all of the shit in the pawn shop was cursed. <laughs> and yes. so each episode... Even the Frogurt was cursed. Uh, the Frogurt was most definitely cursed, um, which is bad. <laughs> we have but it's Fro- free. Which is good. <laughs> I feel like we have to drop at least one Simpsons quote in every episode. Yeah, it's not hard to do. I know. Um, so I liked that show a lot. I was sort of bummed when they canceled it. I think it only ran like a season or two. Yeah, it wasn't on a long time, but I rem- it seemed to be on a lot. Mm-hmm. It was on, I think, on WGN the- in Chicago. It was I, on I like late night. It was like a Sunday night show or right. something. Right, it was like weird. It was like a weird... After they took Doctor Who away, they gave us that. Yeah. 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 But that's... We're not here to talk about Friday the 13th. No. Or Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. We're here to talk about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And uh, we found out the season of The Witch was tacked on as an homage to George Romero's movie that's also called Season of the Witch. It has nothing to do with Halloween 3. Just, they just wanted to give him shout out in the title. Season of the Witch. Season sure. of the Witch. So, what happens exactly in Halloween 3, Eric? Can you give us a short summary? Because it's actually not a real complicated plot. Yeah. A doctor discovers a man mysteriously murdered in his hospital. He follows the murderer outside and the murderer immolates himself in a car. And the doctor is suspicious of what happens. He and the daughter of the murdered man go on a quest to find out what happens. And it leads him to a mysterious town where the... uh, signature Halloween masks are being made, the silver shamrock masks, and mysterious truths are revealed. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That is the whole plot of this movie. It's kind of a detective story. It is, a Except little. the detective is like Zap Rousdower, except if he was a doctor. Yeah, action movie doctor. He's like a dad bod guy. He looks, he looks kind of pudgier than he really is, because when you see him naked, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't look as sort of thick as he does when you first see him. You see him and you go like, wow, is this guy going to be the hero of this movie? He's kind of got a... He's like 1982 dad. Like Dick Butkus, you know? He's kind of got a like a wide frame and he's sort of... He's got this kind of broom-like mustache. And, yeah, he's got classic 80s mustache. Yeah, and he looks like he's about 40. little feathered hair going. Yeah. Yeah. He's not an action movie star Mm-mm. in the Hollywood mold well, of any time. Really. Everything about his character is like, they're just like, yeah, this is your action star. They set it up. He's a divorced 
doctor who is also a drunk. And we continue. Well, he's a drinker. He's a he's, he's not, a functional alcoholic. He's a he's a functional alcoholic. Yeah, that's pretty much what nobody they say. needs yeah. booze as much as this guy does, and can get as much done as he does. That's the thing. He needs booze. He, he makes that it. he makes that clear at one point. He's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Before we do anything, I need a drink. Okay? I gotta have a drink. I gotta have a drink before we get into any of this other business. Are I we, need a drink. Are we taking a road trip? I got to get me a six-pack of Miller. (laughs) Miller High Life six-pack. Yeah, that's right. There's a curfew in the town at one point, and everyone's like locked themselves into their houses, and he's like, just real quick, I got to go to the liquor store. I'll walk to it. It's fine. And then he has nondescript bottle of booze in bag. Yeah, yeah. So he he is a functional alcoholic. He is a doctor, and and he's divorced, Mm -hmm. but- he, you know, he wants to get to the bottom of a mystery. It's like this guy was killed at my hospital. I worked at this hospital for seven years, and nothing like this has ever happened. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And it doesn't hurt that the other person that wants to get to the bottom of it is a young woman, as Eric mentioned. She's the daughter of the man who gets murdered by a killer that then goes goes and burns himself up in the parking lot. And she essentially looks like an anime character. She's got big eyes Huge, and a tiny little nose. Tiny. And she's like, she looks like she's about, well, it's at times she looks like she's about 25 and at times she looks like she's about 16. It's true. She's somewhere between 25 and 16. Yeah. All at the same time at once. Yeah. She's, she's pretty in an 80s chick kind of way. She does. She's she, got like, she's um, got like curly, black hair and mm -hmm. she's got like a it's not a perm it's probably naturally curly hair she's got kind of like a uh like jessica harper she's the lead valerie harper wait no 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 jessica Jessica harper (laughs) from that's the lead from phantom of the paradise that we we from suspiria also from suspiria that's actually probably the thing that you know her for more than phantom of the paradise I think she kind of, when she has her hair down, she kind of has that like flash dance look to her. Yeah, little Jennifer Beals. Little Jennifer Beals going yeah. on. But yeah, she's the daughter, wants to find out what happened to her dad, and the horny drunk doctor protagonist wants to go on a little road trip with her. Well, technically, he's not. I mean, he's horny, definitely. He's, I mean, because, you know. He sort of is. It's unfair to call him It's that. unfair is to it? call he, him they, that. they don't play him off as like no, a no, horny, no. uh, uh, no, it's just that they happen to end up because they 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 go undercover to the town of Santa Mira, which is the town that has the silver shamrock factory in it. Their cover because they they're like, oh, we got to stay overnight. We got to check this town out. Their cover is that they're a married couple, and I mean, it's not. It's not not in the realm of possibility, but if you look at the two of them standing next to one another, it's like they kind of look like a dad that just drove his 18-year-old daughter to college. A little bit. Yeah. But so they're like, so we're married and then they have to share a hotel room. And of course, you know what happens when people share hotel rooms. There's only one of two options, right? There's chivalrous man sleeps on floor in bathtub on horribly uncomfortable chair or... They get together and have some sex. Sexy time. And so, and that, that is what happens. They get together and have some sex. And it was like the, the quickest, like, jump from like, we are on a detective story to let's bone. Cause she's, she's like, he's like, I'll just, you know, I'll sleep on the floor. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll sleep in the car. Cause the floor looks really uncomfortable. And she's like, 
who says you have to sleep on either of those? And he's like, now she says, where do you want to sleep? Oh, that's right. No, 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 that's and right. He says, that's a dumb question. Yeah. It's like, uh, what do you think? I want to sleep on top of you. And then they make PG rated movie love. Yeah, they pretty much don't show any of that. Though she has like a like a, a black satin teddy. Yeah, they, she literally has one bag, which is the size of like a fishing tackle box that apparently she has packed a teddy in and maybe a toothbrush. So, but let's give a little bit more a little bit more background as to what's going on. Her father. Yes. Who was murdered to start out the show. There's, well, a, there's, mur- a, there's a really, really long sequence of him being chased yes. by some assassins at the beginning. <laughs> and, he- and we do get, we get a countdown of time, right? It starts with <laughs> the movie like, really wants you to know. First off, it wants you to know it's in Northern California. Yeah. It's Thursday the 27th or whatever. 28th. Thursday the 28th. Yeah. And I, we, I guess we're supposed to know it's October because it's a movie called Halloween, but it's like, Thursday the 28th. Which I think for the first part of the movie is important for us to know. So Thursday the 28th, you see this guy being chased by these goons. And then he gets away from the goons. It's like night and it's like a parking lot or something. And he, he it's a junkyard and the goon is trying to kill him. And he in a car, he, he pulls the chocks out holding this car's wheels back. And the, and the car rolls downhill and crushes the goon and he escapes. And then you see a Chiron. One hour later. Yeah. And Eric- it's like one hour later. So you, you didn't. Yeah. And but- so one hour later, he stumbles into a gas station and yeah. it's like, oh, help me. I'm being chased by killers. Oh. The movie literally did not need to tell us that. We Like <laughs> we are. We have seen movies. We understand the time is is unless it's a time travel movie or a flashback. Time is moving forward. Why didn't he just stumble into the thing like right at that moment? Why did it have to? What? Why? What was important about that being an hour later that he did that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't mean to nitpick this movie about something silly like that, but I mean yeah. it's just it's one of these weird head scratching moments. The rest of the movie has all kinds of stupid things happen and crazy things happen. Oh yeah, but it does. There's no other part of the movie where you go like what. <laughs> okay, one hour later. Anyhow, so one hour later, he stumbles into this garage and is like, ah. And the dude that runs the garage takes him to the hospital. He's taken to the hospital. He's murdered by one of these goons. And the goon runs out to the car and lights himself up. And that's the thing. But what we see in the meantime, several times, and we see constantly through the movie, is this commercial on TV. With this music where it goes, three days till Halloween, 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 three days till Halloween, silver shamrock. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's like a big cultural event that's happening. Silver shamrock masks. It's the mask you got to have. It shows the kids on TV. They got their little masks on. It's like, there's three kinds, a pumpkin, a witch, and a skull head. Go out and get yours today. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. And then watch for our special contest drawing on Halloween night. Be sure to watch, kids. Blah 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 blah. And it's on every channel all the time, on all the TV sets that you see in this movie, and you see a lot of them. It's a big, big, big deal. Right. So part of this movie, I think, is trying to critique 
TV culture, mass culture, sort of like mindless TV watching among people. I mean, it's not a social well, I mean, critique okay. type of movie, but it's not. People are making not that. People are trying to make it a social critique type of movie now. Sure. Now yeah. they are. Eighty two. No, eighty two. They're like, where's Michael Myers? We don't understand. <laughs> Why yeah, is this Halloween? We yeah. were expecting Michael Myers. Well, but. I mean, Cronenberg was making movies back in those days, I, I believe. Oh, and yeah. And there was a certain amount of this media critique, like, oh, you know, we're all turning into zombies from watching the television. And that kind of idea was not really new in movies. It's just seems odd that it shows up in the middle of your Halloween 3 movie as a kind of running theme all the way through the movie. Well, sure. I mean, definitely Gremlins looked at a lot of that anti- consumerism anti yeah, and that was in the early 80s right? yeah it was but like that was kind of one of the points of the of the movie this movie i feel like it was like we are going to make a statement about something and then it sort of like stumbled around and got its foot stuck in the bucket that's like anti-tv and they're like yeah that well see but we what, meant that but see what you were saying as you were doing the research on this movie is that this was written by a semi-famous sci-fi writer who was trying to make some kind of a science fiction statement. And then Dino De Laurentiis, who produced the movie, said, no, we need this to have more gore and violence in it because this is this is not a Halloween movie at all. To the point where the guy who wrote the original screenplay demanded his name be taken off. And my idea is not that they were staggering around, stepped in this bucket about social critique. My idea is that the movie started out probably having a strong element of social critique and then was derailed by a bunch of guys saying, no, we need to make this, we need to jazz this up right. a little bit. The original writer, his name was Nigel, I, I'm assuming I'm saying this correct, Neil. It's one of those ones that has silent K's and shit in it. Oh, okay. So Nigel Neil, I'm going to call him that. He wrote a series of science fiction books i believe called quarter mass uh the producer- actually it's a buck and a quarter quarter mass because uh, of inflation but i just rolled my eyes thanks dad joke uh you're, you're thank you um so he wrote the script it was supposed to be more about deceiving people and psychological shocks rather than it being like a big slasher flick with blood and guts and gore and all that kind of stuff and like eric said dino de Laurentiis got a hold of it and was like but where is the slashing and the gore? And the guy's like, that's not that's not what I wrote. I wrote this other thing. And he's like, well, you got to punch it up. And like, I imagine Dino De Laurentiis talks like Mario from... Probably. From, uh, I'm from sure we Nintendo. can find a clip of Dino De Laurentiis talking about Hey, what somewhere. are you putting in my movie? Mm, not that stereotypical, I'm pretty sure. That's, <laughs> I, I'm wondering. Maybe, I'm, I'm thinking kind of maybe. I'm going to go with no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um... The, uh, uh, like many of the movies we watch, I feel like we've watched a, a number of movies where, like, the original writer was like, oh, fuck you guys. You know what? I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Oh, I can't take my ball and go home? Fine. The ball is now yours. This is a an issue with a lot of movies, it seems, where you hire a group of people to make a movie and you say, here. Make a movie. I'm going to let you do your thing. And they they look at the script. They see what the movie's about. Say, go have at it. And then they come back with a movie. And the producers say, oh, no, we didn't want that movie. We're going to have to change this and change that and reshoot this and do that. 
and you wind up with a, a hot mess yeah. at the end. Yeah, if I you think- had just made a failure of a movie in the first place, it might have been kind of a classic, but not of the Halloween genre. But nope. what they did is they made a movie that was kind of just a mess and slapped a Halloween name on it and everybody hates it. Well, it's it's kind of a cult favorite now, but because I think it's, it's probably not good. because nostalgia appeals. Because much as it's anything. not, yeah. And I should I should mention that the first time I saw this movie, like I feel like like many of the movies we talk about on this show, it was playing ad nauseum on HBO, and I never was able to watch it all the way through. I watched the entire movie in a series of chunks of the movie, and most of the time when I would turn it on. Because I wanted to see something else that was on HBO, like right after it, I would end up turning the movie on like pretty much 10 minutes before the end of the film. So I've seen the last 10 minutes of this film a good two dozen times. That's a lot of movies that that we do on this show for me, where it's like I've seen parts of this movie many times and other parts a few times, but I've never sat through it from beginning to end until we screen it for this show. Yeah. I've, I mean, I had seen Halloween 3 at one point from beginning to end, but the majority of the times I've seen this film have been because I turned it on in the middle of something. Yeah. That's what happened with cable TV back in the day, guys. You know, you had three broadcast channels and then you had HBO and they just did whatever the fuck they wanted to with their schedule. If you didn't, if you didn't have a TV guide, you had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Remember TV enough. guide? We're old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It used to, there God. used to be TV guide was a thing, but then there was the thing like the Sunday paper had like the oh, local TV guide yeah. one, which was great mm-hmm. because that had like all the local stuff and like a little, little like blurb or something. But enough of this trip down nostalgia memory lane. The important thing is the reason I wanted to go back to the beginning and rewind this and, and I don't want to get super bogged down in plot details. No, because there's just not, there's just not enough of not it to talk about there. and there's yeah. not enough detail to get into, but. The reason I wanted to do it is because of this silver shamrock mask thing, which is a huge, huge, huge deal in the movie. Because when they go on their quest to find out what, why that guy was killed, it leads them to a town in Northern California whose sole industry is the silver shamrock mask company, right? Well, sort of. The Silver Shamrock Mask Company is in the town. And well, is, and there's a motel. And there, well, it's and a yeah. liquor store. There's a motel and a liquor store, and there's a gas station nearby. Sure, but they do like the the town drunk approaches Action Movie Doctor and says, "Well, yeah, it's great that there's this factory, but they didn't hire anybody from here. They brought all their own people in, which we later find out are robot goons." Yeah. When do we find out about the robots? When do we find out that they're robots? Um, well, I mean, that's an interesting question because, like, first they just look like creepy dudes in suits. The but, guy in the car that immolates himself, spoilers, it turns out he's a robot he's goon. A, he's a robot goon. And when he pours the gasoline on himself in the car and lights himself up, at the moment before he lights himself up, he looks kind of plasticky robot Yeah. But you think maybe it's just like a bad special effect. Yeah. But it turns out he's a robot. And all of the goons are robots. Several people are murdered. The guy that's murdered in the hospital at the beginning is murdered by some guy that comes and puts his hand over his mouth and then, like, gouges out his eyes and pulls his forehead off or something or busts his nose or... I mostly just remember the eye gouging. It's, I mean, it's... And then he wipes like a... his bloody hands on the, like, <laughs> the curtain and the nurse walks in and is like, 
uh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and, and having seen this movie dozens of times in bits and pieces here and there, we know that this is a robot. But yeah. like, what is it like watching this movie and not knowing that that guy's a robot? That's true. It's like it's the like, first wow, time. That's weird. The first time you watch The Sixth Sense, if it hasn't been spoiled for you, you're like, I, this, this is a, it's a mystery. There's a mystery going on. And then yeah, you watch it again after you know the mystery and you're like, how did I not know that this was the mystery? Like, how did I not know these guys were robot goons? Yeah. How did I not know these guys were robot goons? And so eventually, well, here, what, uh, how much time do we want to compress? Because I really don't want to go through all the details. No, no, no. We don't. We'll just pick and choose. They, Look, we they, explained what happens in this movie. <laughs> they, they meet, they go to the town, they explore, and then shit happens. They meet several NPCs who there's give a, out little <laughs> bits of information. Yes, there's a question mark or an exclamation point hovering above their head. Yeah. Oh, let's go talk to this lady. Let's go talk oh, to... Oh, hi, I'm here to collect some masks from the mask factory. But those guys didn't get it done in time. I'm going to be very angry with them. Dead. <laughs> Next she scene, gets she's dead. dead. Yeah. So the first time we see somebody get killed... In some supernatural, natural, supernatural way? There's kind of only, look, for a, for a movie where it's a horror movie and, and hijinks have ensued, there's not a lot of people getting ganked in this. There's a woman who is, runs a mask store, a Halloween store. Let's say she runs a Halloween store. Sure. And she's staying at the same motel as the protagonists. For reasons. And... She finds one of these silver shamrock badges that's affixed to all of these masks that everybody's buying for Halloween this season, right? And she's foofing with it with a hairpin out of her hair. And there's like a little like printed circuit on the back of it. And she's digging away with it. And it's like shorts out and sparks and hits her in the mouth with like a beam of light. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, and then bad. the next thing you see her, her mouth is like all fucked up and weird and like black. Like it looks like she had an M80 in her mouth and it mm-hmm. went off. And then like a bug, this weird big bug crawls out of her mouth and across her face and into her hair. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Yep. It's a pretty good effect. I mean, the, like the, the, the horror effect, the blasting in the mouth effect is really cheap ass, but it's pretty dumb. Like the, the, the fucked up mouth and gory face is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah, it's, would- it's, it's, it's hard to look at. Yep. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a horror movie. So you, by, by today's standards, it's nothing that scary. But, you know, if you're a 10 year old kid watching that, that's pretty strong stuff. Yeah, I guess so. I, I remember it being kind of creepy. I, I, for some reason, I don't remember as a kid, remember, like watching that bit. I don't remember that either. I was surprised to see that. I remembered the family getting killed. Right. With all the, in, like, the, in test room A. In t- test room A. That's right. Because they they all end up the the last act of this movie takes place in the Silver Shamrock factory, which is a milk bottling plant in something something California in uh, Lalota. Lalota, yeah, Lalota, California is where the majority of this film was was filmed, and most of the locations like actually look pretty straight up. Legit. The hospital locations looked really good. I thought near the beginning. Yeah, Doctor Algren is very critical of hospital. Uh, hospital procedures and locations. Uh, you know what? I don't want to think that I'm super critical about it, but I would like to give a shout out when it looks right. And this looked like an actual hospital. Yeah. The thing, Eric. The nurses looked like real nurses. The doctors looked like real doctors. The hospital looked like a real hospital. The thing Eric got the most excited about in the first like 15 minutes of this film is that 
while they were in the hospital, the patient's room door was left open. Every hospital movie you ever see, the patient is in a hospital room with the door closed. It's not what I'm doing. There's never a hospital where the doors are closed to the patient's rooms. Ever. Ever. Right. Unless they're being examined and like at that moment, you close the door. Sure. Right. For privacy. But you never leave a patient in a room with the door closed. Because God knows what they might get up to. Right. And in like the pathologist's office, the desk was strewn with a bunch of stuff and it had like a real like pathologist microscope from that era. Oh, you also got really excited about the operating room light. Yeah. There was a real OR light there. It wasn't some phony baloney set dressed to look like a hospital. It was an actual hospital that they shot in, mm-hmm. obviously. Which, it, I mean, it, it's not a big deal, but it's... It is kind of, though. I mean, at least nowadays, I feel like actual locations have just disappeared because all you have to do is just throw a green screen on and then you're done. Right. Yeah. You throw a green screen on and you have some like phony baloney light fixture and it's like, oh, that's an operating room light. And it's like, no, that's not even close to what an operating yeah. room light looks like. Nobody, nobody cares, but... If I, I it, like the do. overall feel like- of it makes it that the movie looks like they're in a hospital and they are in a hospital. And so you get the idea that it's in a hospital. You don't have to worry about a whole bunch of like stuff taking you out of the action. Yeah. I, just- I like the way the doctor's sleeping on a couch. That's very realistic as well. With his booze. <laughs> well, <laughs> is that I, realistic? I, I'm not saying, uh, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just like a bunch of drunks strewn about in a lounge somewhere. No, I wouldn't their- say there's a bunch of drunks. I'm just saying that it's not unheard of that a doctor would have a have a bottle hidden and be sleeping on a couch because it's easier to sleep there until the morning than it is to go all the way home and change clothes and then drive back in four hours. So you're saying that doctors are not always especially fresh when you see them it, during <clears throat> during their rounds? Oh, no. No, they aren't. Mm. Doctors, doc, doctors are like actual people when they're not doctoring on you. They do all kinds of like regular people type stuff. Like it be- doesn't involve like fucking beautiful, handsome nurses and other doctors. Believe it or not, are they action movie doctors though? Like this guy? Um, all, yeah, we're all of us were action movie doctors yeah? back in the day. Were you sure. were you like being Columbo, checking things out, <sighs> figuring yeah. out who the killer was? Always. Wow. No, mostly it involved like eating and sleeping i mean action movie doctors do that too yeah it's not very much action though involved in eating and sleeping anyway so you get to see the guy sleeping on a couch which is kind of cool and like he gets cookies (laughs) out of a it's like oh there's cookies and milk in the fridge the nurse tells him and it's like like first thing he does goes to the fridge gets some cookies and milk it's like yes that's this is like the most realistic hospital i've ever seen in a movie yeah halloween three and the doctor gropes the nurse, too, at one point. <laughs> Inappropriately gropes Inappropriately her. gropes her. But, but she's not a hot, sexy, young nurse. She's no, like she's like, a like regular, an old lady She looks nurse. like a real nurse. Yeah. She's like an actual hospital nurse, still. which is, like, surprising. That's still sexual harassment on the workforce. Oh, yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. You, you can get sued for that. Well, you know. Action hey, movie doctor was. was time. He was, was divorced, time. so maybe he did get sued. Right, and she was bantering back and forth with him. Not to say that that doesn't make it sexual harassment. Still but sexual harassment. You got, you didn't get the sense that he was being a leering creep about it. Well, Once again, I mean, it comes across as this guy's being a real creep, but he's not. 
It, he might he by today's standards he certainly is, but by the movie. Oh, by nineteen eighty standards? Oh no, this guy was the best guy ever. Yeah. By nineteen eighty standards, I mean like who would divorce this guy? I mean he's a drunk and he gropes his nurses inappropriately at work, but he's still a catch, ladies. <laughs> I mean his ex wife is really the she's the harpy in this situation. Yeah, he's always fighting with his ex wife on the phone. It's well, kinda hilarious. It, it is, but it's because he's essentially abandoned his children. She's like, so you're going to take him trick-or-treating, right? And he's oh, like, sorry, I can't. I'm chasing a killer across the country. No, he lies to her. He's like, I got to be at this conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be at a doctor's, doctor's conference. We're talking doctor stuff. It's, I don't remember the motel we're staying at. And I'll call you on Monday. It's on the weekend, too. It's like, uh, it's Saturday, and I am... Um... I'm hanging out in a stabbing cabin with my anime girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. who? At one point, says he goes like after they bang, had sex. After they bang the first time, he's like, "Hey, how old are you?" And she's That's like, not "The question you asked after." It's, it's okay. I'm older than I look. Not an as answer. If, as if to say, I know I look like I'm underage, but it's okay that we fucked because I am of legal age, eighteen. I guess. Nah. I don't know. I don't know. But it's that like, was a problematic exchange. That was like, well, I fucked you, but now I might be in trouble, so I should probably ask. You yeah, ask well. before, gentlemen or ladies. You gonna... know what? Don't if you're a forty year old drunk divorced doctor, don't fuck anybody who could possibly be underage. How about that? That's a good rule to live you by. You could just look at them and say Hmm, this is questionable. If that idea occurs to you, then the answer is no. Yeah. Like, you look at someone and you go like, hmm, I wonder if she's 18 yet. That Mm. means it's a solid no. If you look Mm. at her and you go like, oh. She could legally drink. Yeah, she's she's good to go. Then then it's still my, then there's still lots of questions and issues of consent that need to be gotten into in today's modern world. But the question of, of, is she legal should be, prior to the act of sex yes yeah and any time anything that is even in the realm of being questioned should be a definite no and then if you are the person who is asked if you are legal answering in a cryptic way is not an answer you don't have yeah, to you s- go like yeah i'm 22 yeah, or you don't even have to say your age but you can say like like yes I am of legal and consenting age. <laughs> Maybe not. That's kind of not sexy, but I, yeah, I, still, like you, yeah. you should answer in a way that does not leave the door still open to. That's like you want to come and act in my porn movie. Are you old enough? Yes, I am of consenting age. Okay, then okay. I'm act in our porn movie. Well, I think they still have to provide a driver's license or some sort of proof of of. All I'm saying is that the whole kind of thing was sort of sketchy the way that it went down in this movie. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because at the t- in, in the context of this movie, it's kind of played for being kind of lighthearted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She's so young. Yeah. <laughs> and by today's standards, you look at that and it makes you feel like, Ugh. But I do say, I will say this. I appreciate that she was like, I want to bone action movie doctor. I have made a choice and I am going to leave that door open because who would not want to bone me? I am nodding emphatically. That is absolutely true. And the thing about it that makes it unskeezy is the fact that she is enthusiastically consenting to sex with the doctor. She yes. basically she's wants. She's some not. But action. she's not. She's not being creepy about it. She's just like, 
let's like, let's do this. let's do this let's do this and right. he's like all right let's do it right it's not he's not pestering her Mm-mm. or creeping on her nope, he, or it's trying not, to scam her into none anything. of those no she's totally down she's down to bone yep mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like we've talked a lot about them having sex and like very little about everything else that happens in this film <laughs> only two days till halloween 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 yep most and that goes on, 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 on. I will. I will say this. I. I. So the only thing that John Carpenter really had to do with in this film. I mean, he was a producer, but as a, a theatrical producer, that just means you throw money at something, and then everyone else does your does your work for you. A lot of times. Yes, sir, Mister Carpenter. Yeah, that's right. So he he wrote the the soundtrack. It was him and like another guy, and it's very John Carpentery. And by that, I mean lots of synthesizers and like repetitiveness and um, like weird noises to make sort of like spooky things feel spookier. It sounds like a analog synthesizer and sequencer from the 70s that is utilized for artistic movie scoring purposes, not for Donna Summer type dance music purposes. But it's got this, like, these repetitive sequencer loops that happen. And it is very John Carpenter-esque. It's, it makes you see what the Stranger Things soundtrack was shooting for. Yeah. something very similar to this. Yeah, we keep watching movies and Eric keeps saying, like, they totally ripped this off from Stranger Things. Yeah. All these and they're all movies, movies from, like, the 80s. <laughs> I, keep, I always laugh when he says it because it's like, nope. Yeah, nope. they went the other way. Yep. So let's just fast forward to the, yeah. like the uh, you know to the point of this whole this whole movie. And the point of this, the point of this whole movie is what's his name Donegal O'Hurley? <laughs> no, it was name? it was Connell O No, it was, there's was no O in it. Connell Coughlin or something. Connell Cochran. Cochran. Connell Cochran. He is a, he is supposed to be a three thousand year old Irish demon. <laughs> okay, right. So when, it's like he could have been the leprechaun. He, he could have been like Lepin the Hood. Oh, leprechaun! That's a whole other franchise. No, I don't have to do that one next year. For yeah, now. this podcast is still around. Old mm. Leprechaun. You know, I'm glad though that work uh, uh, Davis was getting a lot of work. Yeah, it's good for him. Yeah, well, so so he is he is not a three thousand. Okay, so we keep Eric keeps saying this, but in the original screenplay, which would have made so much more sense if they had left it in, the the big bad's character, Connell Coughlin, Connell Connell Cochran, Connell Cochran. Think of think of Johnny Cochran, Johnny Cochran, but with a Connell in front. Right. Okay, so his character had been written as a three thousand year old demon. Who that's that's the reason he was making mischief and trying to destroy stuff. So he had like a motivation and right. sort of at least a, a vague tie-in with the source of this supernatural power, which is a chunk of Stonehenge. Instead of looking like George Plimpton, <laughs> looking and talking like George yeah. Plimpton. Yeah, he uh, the actor's name is Dan Hurley, which is where you're getting the O from. Oh, okay. 
And uh, I read a little bit of an interview with him about like him being cast in this movie because he's not like a guy that plays a mustache twirling villain in most of his acting career. No, he's like a college professor. Yeah, I mean, like oh, like Eric said, he kind of looks be. like George Plimpton. I will have office hours this afternoon from three to six. I advise you to see me soon about your paper. He's not, <laughs> he's not quite like that. Well, he does have kind of a plummy voice. Well, he's British. Is he British? Yeah, I think British. Irish? British? No, he's not Irish. I mean, his name is Irish. Hold on. Oh, no. Ed O'Hurley is Irish? No, 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 I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He's Irish. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so he's Irish. And so he had this whole, like, uh, like interview that I read. And the the, the thing he was most excited about playing was he got to use a Cork accent. Oh. So like the like his accent that he has is not actually like his real accent. His accent was he's like a, he has a Dublin accent, but he get to use like a Cork accent yeah. in the movie. Yeah, he was okay, like okay. he was like whenever I use a Cork accent, I'm having a good time. And I used a Cork, I'm, this is actually from the interview. I used a Cork accent in Halloween three. I thoroughly enjoyed the role. Well, you know what? And he does a fine job being the villain because it doesn't make any sense. It would have made sense if he was a 3,000-year-old Irish demon, but as a 60-something-year-old Irish mask maker joke... Like practical j- joke guy. Practical joke. He he makes like like Novelties. rubber dog vomit and uh, and whoopee cushions uh, and... Uh, the soft chainsaw was the, one of them. The soft chainsaw. The, oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the dwarf trick? The dead dwarf trick was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Who could forget? Because they, they run into... <laughs> They run into a family. The guy who's the patriarch of the family is like the best salesman of the year for these masks. And he runs a joke shop down in Los Angeles or something, right? Yeah, something like that. And so he's like, the, the action movie doctor is like, he doesn't know anything about these guys. Like, he's not in the business. He's an action movie doctor. He does action yeah. movies. He's like, things. what is up with this guy? This, this Cochran guy. So the salesman's like, you don't, you don't know about Silver Shamrock? Like, fake dog vomit and the dead dwarf and the, the rubber chainsaw the, the dead dwarf gag and the rubber the soft chainsaw and the guy's like i have no idea what you're talking about these are just i understand the words you're saying but these I are don't words you be <laughs> i don't understand i went to medical school what did you go to i went to joke shop school <laughs> i went to clown college yeah so so the what it is we can't, i keep circumlocuting this because i can't get to it because it's just so stupid the whole point of the movie is Johnny Cork, Johnny Cochran. <laughs> you almost said Corcoran, didn't you? Johnny Corcoran, <laughs> Corky, Corky McCork accent Corcoran has stolen a chunk of Stonehenge and brought it to California. He is chipping out little grains of it, embedding these grains in some sort of an electronic transponder, affixing it to these masks shipping these masks around the country, telling kids to put on the masks and sit in front of a secret TV broadcast where he will send out some sort of frequency-type signal thing embedded in this flashing, like, epilepsy-inducing video with this music playing, Mm -hmm. and then it is going to shoot out a bolt of lightning or whatever, like it killed that woman, shot in her mouth, and it is going to release bugs and snakes into their head. Mm-hmm. And that is his 
plan. That's his nefarious plan. Why is he doing it? Because you've forgotten the true meaning of Halloween, where we would hide in our huts of wattles and mud, and the barrier between the worlds would be porous, and... Something, something, something. Child Bugs murder. in your mask. <laughs> <laughs> something, something, child murder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's it. That's Spoilers. That's the reason for this villainy to happen. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Nope. It doesn't make a damn bit nope. of sense. If, if they really should have, there were some points to the boofy where it's like, I bet you wonder how I got this thing, this, this huge block of Stonehenge to my thing. It is more complicated than you can imagine. Not going to tell you. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right. They Which honestly, that. like, I kind of wanted to know about that. Like, usually I don't. Usually I'm like cool with them hand waving shit where it's like, how did we get here? Who cares? Let's move on. Well, you know what? That would have been a better thing to actually explain than the nefarious plan, because the plan doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. Well, it's the same explanation for why he has robot goons. He's like, these robots are pretty sweet, huh? Guy's like, it was easy to make the inner workings yeah. of these robots, but very hard to make them look convincing from the outside. I was like, you, you make masks. The faces and the masks should have been easy to make. Yep. How do you make, like, walking, talking robot goons that obey your will? Like, that was easy? Yeah, I don't know. No. Yeah. No. I know. So, like, that was, like, again, it was like, why do you have robot goons? I made them. Okay, but why Why do you have robot goons? I'll tell you why they have robot goons. Because he could never have convinced enough actual humans to do his bidding because his plan is ridiculous. You have to make robot goons to do this plan. Mm. Oh, we're going to crumble up some bits of Stonehenge, put them in a chip, and put them in masks and and attack children's heads with bugs for Halloween Mm -hmm. as a joke. Ah, yes. You wouldn't get any normal humans to go along with you on that. You need a robot goon to follow you into that, down that that particular road of weirdness. That is true. I mean, look, guys, I have mentioned this before. I will goon for you. Megan, goon for hire. I will not robot goon for you, though, because robot goons meet a bad end. Like Always. Like, normal goons, they get arrested, maybe they get shot, maybe they they jump yeah, off... Go an, out in a blaze of glory, They sure. jump off an exploding boat or something, like, yeah, these are things that happen to regular goons. May, or, in the case of Revenge of the Ninja, they get ninjaed in the face with, like, shit. These robot goons, they blow themselves up with gasoline in cars... They get squished with cars. Yes, they have a hand ripped through their chest hole mm-hmm. until they drip goo. So not particularly sturdy robot goons is what I'm saying. No, they have amazing strength. They can rip someone's head off of their shoulders. They can do that. Kill somebody by sticking their fingers into their eye holes. But they can get their guts literally punched out. It's stupid. The whole thing devolves into stupidness. And <laughs> the the thing is that... It's not that bad of a movie. It's just not that good of a movie. In the end, and in the end, well, let's 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 wind this up. What <laughs> okay, ha- okay. Let, let, like what happens? So, all right. So Eric mentioned the, the evil plan. Okay. So the evil plan hinges on gathering all of the children up in front of their television sets at a particular time of night, which is I think eight or nine o'clock. Central time, Pacific time, who knows? Oh, whatever. Yeah. That's that's also a problem. Yeah. But so everyone gathers in front of their television sets, and then this commercial's going to play. And after watching Halloween one, 
Well, right. I don't think the kids had to watch Halloween 1. You didn't have to, but it was going to come on right after Halloween 1. Right, because there was a commercial for Halloween 1. Right. Yeah. It's like, right after Halloween 1, watch our special giveaway. Right. What are they giving away? Who knows? The children are supposed to watch this thing, and then their heads are going to explode with bugs and snakes, and then Finn. But no. Action movie dad, who was captured and tied up, like... Yeah, he's he's exp- he's exploring the mask factory, and they catch him. And then they and like strap like, him into a chair with like. And they put a mask straps. on his head, and they're gonna like put him and plop him in front of the TV set to like explode his head. Right. Like, well, we're not just gonna shoot you with a gun or have one of the robot goons kill you right now. We are going to tie you up to a chair in a room with a video camera on you, put a mask on your head, and put you in front of a TV set, and we're gonna pipe in this triggering music epilepsy-inducing video Mm -hmm. and kill you that way. Yeah. Rather than just kill you. It's always... It's like it's total James Bond-type setup. (laughs) Yeah, and in total James Bond-type setup, uh, action movie dad, who apparently this is a class in medical school that I... call him Dr. Drunkus, but sure, yeah. (laughs) I like that, too. Um, He scoots over to where the TV is kicks the TV in so it smashes the TV, somehow grabs a piece of broken glass from the TV, cuts through the seatbelt that has tied him to this chair, nonchalantly picks the mask up off of his head, tosses it over the video camera, which it lands perfectly. So in the first toss, he's amazing. First toss, uh, then goes to escape, finds the door is locked, and in typical 80s, like, fashion when he can't get out the conventional way through the door he somehow unscrews the man-sized ventilation shaft cover and then goes crawling around in the vents right this guy's 200 pounds too i mean might not be that 184 pounds yeah he's he's an adult male He's a full-size He's a full-size dad man of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. He's not one of these 21st century skinny boys. No. He's going to climb through a ventilation shaft. Nope. Mm-mm. <sighs> and so he does and then they they he goes and rescues the girl who's also been captured. Yeah, she's tied down to a hospital bed or something. I don't know what are they going to do to her. More know, yeah, more straps. Right? And they foil the plans of the not a 3000-year-old demon. Yeah, he turns on the music and then dumps a bunch of those badges into the room with the robots Mm -hmm. and it all, everything goes haywire. There's a couple of cool camera shots during this period of time. Right. And And then that's that's about it. (laughs) Then the power of Stonehenge destroys everything. Yeah, it's sort of like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, except stupid. (laughs) Nobody's face melts, just like one guy. Well, I, I will say this. I really enjoyed... So this, they've set all this up. The badges are in. All of the robot uh, goons have been fried. All of the plans have been foiled. And Johnny Cochran gives him the slow golf clap. That's what I love. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I stepped on your thing. That's okay. Yeah. That's fine. It was like it's like he was like tip of the hat to you, sir. Well, villained. And then he 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 disappears. He doesn't even explode. He just like it's his it, face turns into like weird. It's like a weird mask thing. Yeah. But then he just fades away. Yeah. 
He should have been a demon. That would have been way better. If he had been better. a demon, that would have made so much more sense. He should have been a demon. Maybe he was a demon. Let's imagine he was a demon in human form. At no point did they say that, though. No, he should have, like, tented his fingers and go, I have been around for 3,000 years. <laughs> it would have made so much more sense. So You know what? Not It would have made enough more sense. It would have made one crumb more sense. It would have, yes, it would have given us a crumb of sense rather than have this thing. And in the end, that is the dumbest thing about this movie. It's not that, it's not that there is a fragment of Stonehenge in a badge, in a mask. It's that what to what end is all yeah. of this happening? There is no reason for any of this. Okay, so they destroy the demon. But there's like one more step to this because the commercial is still going to go out to all of the airwaves. So Action Movie Doctor calls someone in the TV place where commercials are sent. And now bear in mind, this is an 82. So there's only three networks. And so they call. He's calling him up. He's talking to someone at, I, I guess... The TV place, place, mm-hmm. sure, where they control everything. And he's like, "Turn it off! It's going to kill everybody." Who? Say there's a bomb. I don't care what. I, I how he's done this, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know who he's talking to. We don't know under what authority they are even going to believe him. Like, hey, uh, Jim, on line two, there's a crazy guy shouting. He says you got to turn off the commercial. He's calling from the gas station in the beginning. Right. <laughs> He's, he's, that's the other thing is they ran away to the gas station and he's calling from there. Right. He also had to fight the robot girlfriend, but less we know about that, the better. There's a robot girlfriend. Is she always a robot or is she just a robot at the end? I think she was just a robot at the end. I think so. Uh, let's, so what let's, happened to the real girlfriend? Who knows? She was consumed and turned you know, into snakes. Girl, turned into snakes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sad end. Sad. So, yeah, so he calls and they, t- like, there's a group of trick-or-treaters that kind of just, like, muscles their way into the gas station to turn on the TV, and the annoying commercial starts. Right. And then, lo and behold, whoever the magic TV person he's talking to on the phone has canceled the commercial. Beep! Yes. We have a technical difficulties. Please Wait. hold on. So they changed the second channel. The kids. Beep. We, due to technical difficulties, our broadcast has been suspended. Whatever. Third channel. And it keeps going. And Action Movie Dad screams into the phone. Dr. Drunkus, yes. Dr. Drunkus. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. And then it does. And it's the end. That's well, it goes black. We don't oh, that's know right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's like some. It's like a third of the kids who were still watching all, all died with the head full died of, bugs, of bug, bug snakes. Yeah, it's like lice, except worse. Gross. Turns into crickets. Ooh. Crickets and snakes. Well, I mean, in like a big weird bug, like a big big like, weird bug. Like I mean, a weta or something. To be fair, like the crickets will be eaten by the snakes. So, well, yeah, the crickets will nice be eaten the by snakes. the small snakes. Yeah. Well, there was that one rattlesnake. There's a rat. I don't know. Rattlesnakes eat crickets. No, they just kill like mammals. I think. Yeah, mice and stoats, mm-hmm. and... and then they swallow them. They unhinge their jaw. Yeah, and then they. I. You know what would have been scarier? Watching a snake eat a like a mouse. Not bite a guy's pants leg. <laughs> oh my god, my pants have been poisoned. Oh no, the poisoned pants. All right, 
So, yeah. Uh, okay, look, I I am going to just go right the hell out on a limb and, Do it. and recommend this movie. Really? Yeah, I'm going to say it. See it. It's, it's, it's I'm kind surprised of, by that. It's kind of silly. You know what? I was not bored. Well, mm, no. No, I was that's bored. not true. You I was bored. bored. I was bored, but not terribly bored. And the thing that was boring was there's a lot of padding in between, and there's a lot of, like, sneaking around in dark buildings and stuff like that. But you know what? Is like a Halloween type movie, not not a Halloween quote unquote Halloween franchise, franchise no. movie, but as a movie for the holiday of Halloween, it's kind of silly and kind of fun and fun to kind of laugh at. And it's not, I don't know, it's not that terrible. And I kind of recommend it. I don't know. Okay. I I don't. I don't know. I mean, I wanted to do this film. But in particular for the show, because it is such an infamous, like, franchise fail, right? Is it also a cult movie now? It Does kind it have of, a, it have kind a of cult now is. following now? I think it kind of now is because of the fact that it was such a spectacular franchise failure. And, and like you're saying, it's not a painful movie to get through. No, it's, no. I mean, if it was not called Halloween 3, if it was just called silver shamrock whatever or season of the witch the curse of the silver shamrock that's a great name for it you know like if they called it really literally anything else it's an average movie with some sci-fi stuff in it dr drunkus and the silver mask (laughs) it's like indiana jones except instead of being a temple of shamrock instead of being an archaeologist he's just a drunk uh general practitioner Donegal Cochran and the Irish mask fiasco. Mm, something like that. Something. Uh, so, yeah, I guess go see it. I mean, I I feel like you could do worse. But if it's streaming somewhere and it doesn't cost you a lot, watch it. Yeah. If it's not, then you, don't pay good money to see this. This is the kind of horror movie that I feel like I don't want to say it's family friendly, but this is like the horror movie that when your kids get to that point where it's like they want to see a scary movie, like this is a totally appropriate scary movie for kids. Mm. Except for the sex part. Uh, Well, you know what? I would say that, well, I I don't know. This is a tough one because it's going to depend a lot on what your kids can stand because there's a few really gross out moments in this thing that are genuinely disturbing if you have a problem with bugs yeah or sort of like gross mutilations and things like that there are some really gruesome moments Uh, this movie could be very easily child friendly if you cut out approximately three minutes of this movie like there's a the sexy times bit yeah but you don't see any nudity in that no 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 it's just they're naked in a bed together. Sure. In well, you do see his butt. Way. You do see his butt. You do see a man butt. He doesn't have a lot of butt. I'm just going to put he's that out there. He's got a trucker butt. He's got like, he's got dad butt. Yeah. Not like movie star butt. He's no. got action doctor butt. He's got Dr. Drunkest butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does. That is a Dr. Drunkest butt of anyone. <laughs> yeah. He's got, doc- he's got doctor butt. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how kid friendly it is. I'll tell you what for today's ki- kids. For today's kids, well, that's another whole question. There's another whole thing altogether because back in the eighties, you plunked your kids down in front of 
HBO and left the room and they saw all kinds of stuff yeah. that kids today, parents would be pilloried for letting their kids watch stuff today. Like you saw Porky's when you were a kid. Would you put your kid in front of a movie like that today? I just no. didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, well, but I mean, you understand boys peering in on girl naked girls i mean that's well, inappropriate yeah. at yeah, any age but i mean i don't know i i, I don't there was know. no consent involved in any of that in anything in porky's my point is that in those days you could get away with showing all kinds of stuff to kids today's kids are more savvy and have seen a lot more yeah but you aren't you as a parent would not consent to let your kids see anything that is beyond a very narrow sort of range i don't think i don't i mean with the exception of the one sexual situation where there is no nudity and if you uh, if you were a kid and didn't know what they were talking about it wouldn't phase you like i said this all the time i i agree with you in principle i look i cut my teeth as far as like horror films go watching poltergeist which is way scarier than this movie Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it wouldn't be good for kids because it's too scary for them. I'm just saying that there are moments in this movie that some children might find disturbing. Well, Therefore, that's the point of a horror movie. I don't disagree with point. you. Look, people take their fucking kids into haunted houses, which are far worse than this because they're real. Like, you know, like. Do people take their kids into haunted houses these days? Though? I was in grade school the first time I I'm went to a haunted house. I'm not talking about the time when dinosaurs like us went to haunted houses. I'm talking about today's modern parents who have to drive their kids two blocks to school because of fearfulness. I'm talking about today's parents where you have to have everything that's on TV has to be like vetted all up and down to have all kinds of objectionable material re- removed from it as is probably appropriate for certain kids of a certain age. When we were growing up, we saw all kinds of stuff that was inappropriate and challenging and scary and awful. And today, maybe parents are more enlightened. Maybe they're just more scared. But I don't know that the, I don't know that you would get away with that today. Mm, I think you're being overly cautious. I think your pretend oh, yeah. children are really sheltered. I think, you're, <laughs> My pretend I think children you need shelter. to let your pretend children watch Season of the Witch. I got no problem with what I would have absolutely no problem at all with my kids watching any of that. Right. Eric has I would no have no children. problem. Just, but just, just I have, to reiterate, yes, he has I pretend have no children. children. And that's the thing. And, and other I parents, pro- I think other parents would be very upset if their kids had a sleepover at my house and I put that on for the neighborhood kids. And they went home screaming to their parents and said, we saw this movie where these, you know, the bugs ate the kid's face off. Uh, little Johnny's mom would be on the phone with me. How dare you let my son watch such filth on TV? I, I watched the Amityville Horror when I was in like sixth or seventh grade at a sleepover. Oh, man. My mom took us to go see Alien when it was at the movie theater. But that's scary. I know. Well, we were under 18. That's why we had to have an adult come uh... with us. Because it was an R-rated movie. Well, and at the time, Eric, Eric, Eric has a baby face. People, if you if you've never seen him, Eric has a baby face. So even if he had been eighteen, you probably would have looked underage. Well, I was fourteen. Well, so I yeah, mean, yeah, but I'm just I, saying, I was fourteen and I looked ten. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my point. So my point funny. is like like, which it works well for him now, but back then, I'm sure that your your youthful looks did not help you get into places. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. Well, yeah. So you're saying that it's, but for all intents and purposes, it's a pretty soft horror movie. Yeah, it's, it's more. Si- it's more scary. like a sci-fi movie than it is a horror movie. Yeah, and a weak sci-fi movie at that. It's. Yeah, I thought it was perfectly fun. 
Yeah. So, okay. So Eric feels more strongly about this than I do, but if you can find this movie, give it, give it a watch. It's, it's a movie of its time. And, uh, I in part of the thing that I honestly wish I could have seen is if they had been successful in making this into an anthology series, like what the other Halloween movies would have looked like. Probably like Phantasm or yeah, you know, like which I I always kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street or something well, like that. Maybe I mean those kind of already existed though at, the, at that period. Of I time. think Phantasm did. I don't think Nightmare did. At this I think point. you're right. I think Nightmare was like eighty five, maybe. Yeah, 84. I think Phantasm was still in the late seventies. Yeah, I think the first one came out. But yeah, I, the, the but it's of a piece with. Uh, it's not as scary as Nightmare on Elm Street or Phantasm, no. but the it's it's I think it's similar in some ways maybe to Phantasm. Yeah. In in that. It's like the same level of horror and the same level of being absolutely ridiculous and making no damn yeah, sense. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dumb. So, anyhow, okay. So, you want you want to sing it one more time? Happy happy Halloween, 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 happy happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Must be the season of the week. Thanks for listening to Cinema Super Collider. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Supercast or join our Facebook community where we post early warnings about our upcoming movie selections and also invite you to join our film discussions. You can email us questions, comments, and suggestions for future shows at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. See you next time. Yeah. Beat Nick's out to make it real